I am not an expert. I've never published a book or taught a class, but I love quilting and I love talking about quilting. I make a lot of mistakes, but I like to think that sometimes I learn from them and get just a little bit better. If hearing about someone else's goofs and mess-ups makes you feel better about yours, then I've done my job. So join me now as we talk about quilting for the rest of us. Hey, I'm Sandy. I'm, a, I'm <laughs> and I'm not quite caffeinated yet. Hey, I'm Sandy. I'm a quilter and welcome to episode 212 in which I take on dilly flowers. I'm recording this on Tuesday morning, March 15th. It's actually about 1030 in the morning. I really should be more caffeinated than this um, or I should be more awake than this despite the caffeine. Um, but I've been having some sleep issues lately, and then the time change on top of that hasn't helped. Uh, so we're just a little slow getting verbal these days <laughs> in the morning. Um, I'm recording this on a Tuesday morning because I had a Zoom call last night, and I have another one tonight. So I, when I'm working into the evening, I give myself slow mornings in my attempt to find some balance in my life. Otherwise, I could be working 24-7, as many of us could be. So here's my... Um, my example to you, balance when you can. Um, in other, in any case, I had a really busy weekend last weekend. In my um, pattern that I've fallen into, I would have normally recorded on the weekend, but I had a day-long uh, event that I was leading on Saturday, and then Sunday um, was my niece's second birthday party. And since she never got a first birthday party because of the pandemic. This was um, kind of her first big family birthday party. So we were there at my, that we held it at my mother-in-law's because they have a little more space than the house where my niece lives with her parents. Uh, so that we spent all day Sunday over there. And by the time I got back between both of those events, I was absolutely fried and was not going to be recording anything, certainly not Saturday or Sunday nights. And I had thought I might do it Monday morning, but I was still kind of fried. Uh, so in any case, here we are Tuesday morning, and I am making an attempt at being Virgil. Vir <laughs> Virgil. I am making an attempt at being verbal. <laughs> Apparently this is going to go really, really well. Um, so here is uh, the content for today. I'm going to be talking a little bit again about AccuQuilt because I have a little bit of a, a saga, but their customer service is fantastic. Um, a little bit of an update on my foray into English paper piecing. I'm going to be talking about some works in progress, um, including, yes, indeed, the storm at sea. And then I'll talk about my goals for the coming week. Um, well, coming week, the week I am currently in. And then we'll do some uh, you, <laughs> okay, this is really going to be sad. We're going to do some comments after that. It's a really good thing I took plenty of notes during the week, so hopefully I'll make a little more sense than I feel like I am right now. Um, so AccuQuilt, at one point over the summer, I took advantage of one of their sales. They have sales all the freaking time, by the way, folks. Um, so it is uh, quite well worth it if you have an AccuQuilt to get on their email list because there's just constant uh, sales. And um, you will also note that I am an affiliate, which all that means is I now have their button on the side of my uh, website and you can use that link to get through to AccuQuilt and anything you purchase at that point then helps support this podcast. So I appreciate that. Uh, in any case, 
one of the sales I took advantage of with, um, and I don't even remember what the, the exact terms of the sale was, but with whatever I bought, I got a free AccuQuilt Go B. Now the Go B is really a cute little AccuQuilt. It's the baby AccuQuilt. Um, it's about, well, it's the size that will fit the narrowest dies and you can fit all the, the narrow dies, even the longer ones in there. Um, but I have often thought, one, it's a good size to bring on a retreat if I need to do any cutting while I'm on a retreat. And secondly, I've often thought I would really love to have that just sitting on the side of my cutting table with some of the best dies for cutting up scraps into usable sizes, like my two and a half inch square die. Um, the two and a half inch strip die, I think would be, a, I mean, it's, I think it would fit technically in there, but it's so much bigger. I think it would have a problem going through it. But anyway, the two and a half inch uh, squares, maybe some triangles, the tumbler block, all of that kind of stuff that would be really fast to just whip through um, and take care of some scraps and start saving them up for eventual projects. However, when I did finally pull out my Gobi to play around with it, um, thinking I would you know, get it set up on my cutting table, I couldn't get it to work. It didn't feel like the rollers were actually meeting. It wasn't pulling the die through. Um, and it didn't matter what direction I put it in or how I was holding it or anything. I just couldn't, it wouldn't actually catch with the die. So I started emailing back and forth with customer support. They told me all of these things to try. I tried them all. I took a video of me trying them all, just saying, look, I've had an AccuQuilt for years, so I know what it's supposed to feel like. This it, it just isn't doing it. So they, after I sent them the video, um, they immediately placed an order for me to get a new one. So I haven't gotten it yet, but I just really appreciated. It probably took a couple of days the first time I sent the email saying this doesn't work. It took them like within 48 hours, they got back to me. And then I tried the stuff and I sent them the video. And within a day, I saw the order come through for getting a new go me. So I just, I always really appreciate sites that actually have customer support to begin with and then have good customer support because it is fairly rare. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting the go me. I will let you know if I do end up um, being able to just put it on the side of my cutting table and use it to deal with scraps. Uh, really, that's the best way to deal with scraps. I know, and we've talked about uh, scrap storage and management and how different people deal with scraps. Um, for me, sometimes I'll put a whole chunk of scrap fabric in without cutting it into pieces um, because, you know, then that gives you options about how you're going to use it in the future. But the reality is 90% of my patterns right now are from um, pre-cut sizes. So two and a half inch strips, two and a half inch squares, five inch, 10 inch, you know, the kind of basic, the the lane that Moda has driven us all down with, with their marketing um, things that, because that's what they've done. They've created jelly rolls, they've created charm packs, they've created layer cakes. So all of those things now drive the entire industry to, uh, to be clear. And so to a degree, that's what a lot of my patterns are. Because for those of us who don't have a ton of time, it's a, it's a fast win. It's an easy way to be able to do a quilt that we love, that's pretty, and fits within the time frame that we have. 
Now, I have certainly done more complicated quilts and different kinds of sizes and spent the time doing all the cutting and everything, but it tends to be a stopper for me. If I have to stand and cut a ton of pieces before I can even start sewing, um, short of the ones I now do on my AccuQuilt, uh, that it's a stopper for me. So when I get to the point of doing scrap quilts, I'm going to want to be able to, I mean, okay, when I do a scrap quilt, how do I even say this? Boy, I'm not, if I get to the point of wanting to do a scrap quilt that's fully, fully scrap, not just grabbing a, a you know, jelly roll or something, but something fully scrap, which I've done before. If I have to stand and cut a whole bunch of, you know, two and seven eighths inch triangles and such, that would mean I probably wouldn't actually get that quilt done. So, whereas if I have a bunch of squares that are already pre-cut, even if I have to then trim them down, it's one step closer to actually being able to start sewing. So um, I do pre-cut a lot of scraps. I do pre-cut particularly two and a half inch squares and two and a half inch strips because those can be used in a lot of different ways. Um, five inch and 10 inch, because again, they can be cut down if, if needed. So those are kind of my go-to sizes. Um, I did also recently buy uh, AccuQuilt, again, another sale, uh, the Drunkard's Path die, because the size, I want to say it's four and a half inch finished. That's kind of what I'm picturing in my head. Not 100% sure. I'd have to look at the die again to remember, but it's small enough to go into this Go Me. And again, I was thinking this would be so fun to do in scraps, is just run a bunch of scraps that have the, the, the color, whatever the color is, but then also do a bunch of white, and then I can kind of trade off which part is white and which part is the, the colored part for various quilt projects. So anyway, that's one of the fun things about AccuQuilt is I'm finding it's kind of making me think through how I can use them from a scrap perspective. Um, so anyway, that's my AccuQuilt Go Me saga that sent us on a bunny trail down about AccuQuilt in general. English paper piecing. Um, I am doing the Dilly Flower Sew Along, which I may have mentioned in a previous episode uh, with Elise Bake. I know I've talked about it. So now so far we're supposedly on week three, we might even be up to week four at this point. I don't know what day she actually releases her next weeks. Um, I have watched all three weeks. I have to say the first one was her first week YouTube episode was really kind of frustrating to watch. She does them. They're, they're all like an hour and a half long and she does them as a live stream. And then of course records for later and she does them as if it is a physical sew along. You're standing, you're sitting there doing with her exactly what she's doing rather than demonstrating first, here's what to do. And now if you want to stay tuned, well, we're going to do this together. I would have really preferred that for the first one um, because the first one in particular, I don't think she actually got to the instructions of how to do that first week, what you're supposed to be prepping that first week until at least halfway through. So thank God I was watching it as a recording on YouTube because I just kept fast forwarding until I got to the point where she was actually showing what she was doing. Um, you know, it was a lot of conversation with the people who were coming online during the live stream, a lot of kind of chit chat sort of stuff, which is fine. I mean, I do that. 
<laughs> just saying, I do that. Um, but I really wanted her to just kind of show it first. And then she could have done all that so that I knew what I was doing. I could have gotten that snippet and then kind of go on. Now, I will say the second and third weeks were much better because she did kind of start out saying, okay, here's what we're going to be doing. And then she did it along. So on week two and week three, I was able to kind of get a sense of, you know, the instructions that she was giving. And then I would fast forward because you can tell when you're watching when she's just chatting versus when she's actually doing something. And so I just fast forward to the parts where she was doing something. Um, obviously, if I were really part of this Dilly Flower So Along community, and because there's, you know, Facebook page and everything for it, then the chit chat would be kind of fun because I'd be like, oh, I recognize that name she's talking to. And it, it would feel much more friendly. I'm just not doing that. So I'm not critiquing her for the way that she's approaching it. She's doing it for the kind of community she wants to create. I'm just not integrating in that way. And so I'm just waiting until they're recorded and I'm just skipping through them as I need to. Um, now, does that mean I'm way far behind? Absolutely. I kind of figured I would. Um, I really had no intention of doing this along the same timeline that she's doing it, but I am trying to keep it up because I don't want to, um, I don't want this to become a UFO. Even if I only end up doing a handful of flowers and then calling it a day, I want to at least get a handful of flowers done. Um, so I've gotten, there's three pieces, three templates, I should say, for each flower because you have the hexagon center and then you've got the six petals that come off of each of the sides and then you've got um, the background piece which surrounds each petal but when it's all done it becomes a hexagon again itself so that background piece has um, you know a straight edge on one side and then points in around the petal pieces on the other two i haven't gotten any of those cut yet and that's kind of the last piece I need to do. I've got, I already have a bunch of hexagons, so I'm kind of using, because it's the same size as hexagons I've been cutting for other things. Um, so I've got a bunch of the petals already basted and cut, cut and basted. So I've just got to get some of those background pieces done. And I really want to get some of those done this week so I can actually start sewing. I was realizing last night as I was, um, recovering from my evening meeting and working a little bit after that and just needed something mindless. I was, of course, going through Pinterest. And I was looking at a bunch of English paper piecing projects as I've been doing, and I realized I've now collected all the stuff. I've done all the first steps. I've only actually sewn one um, grandmother's flower, I guess, one set of six hexes into a little flower, just as an experiment. And it's not one I really intend to use anywhere. So I've actually, I really have to get sewing on some stuff. Um, and, you know, the nice thing about EPP is you can have stuff in all three stages. You can be sewing at the same time as you're basting at the same time as you're cutting. You don't have to have everything all done to be able to move on to the next step. So I've got a lot of stuff basted. I really just need to start making some decisions about what I'm putting with what and start sewing. Um, so that's one of my goals for this week. Um, works in progress, storm at sea still plugging away the but the end of unit one or sorry the end of unit four uh, my last unit that i'm piecing is in sight um as you know i was debating whether or not to buy some more fabric because i wasn't sure whether my blues were actual medium blues and i decided to just cut myself some slack and just use the fabric i've got um so 
I am. And then I also decided because I kept counting wrong that I was going to give up on the whole counting thing and I was just going to sew everything I had <laughs> and then go back and cut the pieces for what I needed to finish the piecing. I may... I know I'm going to need to cut at least one more set of triangles, but I don't think I'll need to cut a whole lot. So we're getting there. Um, the three yard quilt that I started, um, I do still have, I, I did talk about that, didn't I? Let me go back and check my last. Yes, I did talk about it on the last episode. The three yard quilt that I did with yardage from my stash um, is now hanging on my design wall. I have it, uh, the, the top is probably two thirds of the way pieced. Um, the blocks are all pieced together. I'm just now uh, sewing them into rows. Sorry, Jay, I'm not chunking. I'm sewing them as rows because there's only four blocks in each row. <laughs> they're, they're huge. Um, and then I've just got to do the borders, which are all already cut. So it just won't take me that long. And um, I did end up using my Fabstash subscription. I've mentioned that in a previous one. This is the fabric subscription that is through um, Homegrown Homes, Homes, Homes a quilt shop out in uh, Cincinnati. And I very intentionally decided to wait until I had this print long, or this uh, piece, this quilt far enough along in the piecing uh, to decide what I was going to use that fab stash for because I was pretty sure I was going to need to get some backing. And of course I did. Um, so because we have to buy one yard of solid, I decided to go for a, a very light gray. It's a Bella solid. Um, it's a light gray because I thought maybe that was something I could use as a background for the dilly flowers. We'll see when I get it. A little hard to tell on the computer exactly how light a gray I'm, it is. I need to see it in person. Um, and then I got uh, three yards of backing because the the three yard quilts, not surprisingly, need three yards of backing. Uh, so I looked and looked and looked for something that would actually coordinate with the colors of the front. And again, because I'm looking on a computer, it was just really hard. the The main fabric, and there is a picture of it somewhere in my blog, not a, a whole full frontal <laughs> of the of the quilt, so to speak, but um, rather just a, a shot from the side, but you can see the color. It's a coral color and coral is way too easy to go too pink or too orange. So I decided after looking at a bunch, skip color uh, matching and go for something in a completely different color way, but matched the feel of the front. And so I ended up getting something that I think if I recall, it's it's actually yellow, but it's in the same tonal family as the coral. So, it, but it's far enough different that it won't look like like I tried to match and missed. Um, but it's this kind of springy print with uh, little birdies because we know I like me some pudgy birds. So I think it'll just it'll be a, a cute back, even if it doesn't really do anything other than speak to the front in terms of theme, spring flowers. <laughs> That's about all it goes. But I decided that was a much easier thing to do than to, like I said, like to try to match and go wrong. So that's uh, using the Fab Steps Stash subscription. Felt good being able to do that because I know I'm now getting three yards of fabric somewhat cheaper than had I, you know, just bought it straight up off of a website. 
So that worked. Um, other UFOs <laughs> was realizing I still, I have two quilts that I machine quilted and just never put the binding on them. So this week I'm going to get the binding on one of them and uh, that'll be able to call that one done. That'll be nice. Uh, the other one then I'll probably try to do the following week. I do actually have this weekend free with nothing on my schedule, which feels good. So I should actually be able to make some progress. Uh, new projects. I threw a very fast new project into the mix this weekend for my niece's birthday. I had had a project in my head ever since I first got my AccuQuilt because when I first bought my AccuQuilt, it came with a free die that's um, a banner die. So it's got three different shapes of banner um, pieces. One looks like a pendant. One is the type of rectangle that has a triangle cut out of the bottom, so it comes down to two points. And then one is rectangle with a rounded bottom. And as soon as I saw this pendant banner, I thought, I really want to make a name banner um, for my niece. At this point, she was only a couple of months old <laughs> when I got the when I got the AccuQuilt. So I then went ahead and bought one of their lettering dies uh, so I could, you know, uh, cut the letters out without having to do it by hand because I'm lazy that way. It's been sitting for two years. I just haven't ever done it. So I decided, okay, it's her second birthday. Um, I'm going to knock this thing out. I found from one of my uh, sampler boxes somewhere along the way, I've gotten a really cute collection of fat eighths, a little bundle, a roll of fat eighths that um, I hadn't liked the pattern that they had sent, you know, to go with it the way they do. Um, I'd gotten rid of the pattern, but I still had this little collection of fat eights. And I discovered they are exactly the perfect size to use on these banners. So I organized which ones I was going to use for the actual banners. And then I used one um, that was kind of a red. They're all sort of primary colors. One was a red fabric that had little tiny flowers on it. So that was a really good one um, to use for the letters. So it had those same red letters all the way across with the, the backgrounds. And here's, you know, the, the lesson, as soon as you get rid of something, you discover you need it. So I've gotten rid of a bunch of fusible when I was decluttering. And of course, what do I need now? Fusible. Um, and I also decided rather than making my own binding because you hang the banner using a double fold binding. That's what the string is. Um, I didn't really have any fabrics that I wanted to sit and fuss with making a, you know, bias binding, even though I've got the little um, tool for it and everything. So because I already had to go to Joann's to buy the web, I just bought myself a package of double fold binding. The whole thing went together in probably, it was under an hour, under an hour that it took me now, she only has five letters in her name, at least in the short nickname version of her name. Um, so, you know, I was only making five of these banner pieces, but it was so stinking fast. You know, you just put the, the fusible web and then for the banner pieces, you have two fabrics wrong size, sides together fused so that when you run it through the AccuQuilt, you've got one complete banner piece. Um, and then, of course, putting the fusible backing on the, the lettering pieces and running that through, it's already, you know, ready to go and just iron on. It was so fast to put together. 
and it turned out super cute. I would love to post a picture, but it has her name on it, and so I'm not comfortable doing that. And even if I posted a picture and then blurred out her name, it wouldn't look like much to you. Now, I could have gone much more complicated. I could have certainly done either hand or machine embroidery around the edges of the binder, uh, banner pieces around the lettering itself. I just, I didn't, of course, give myself enough time to do that. Um, but just even the straight fabric on the pieces was just stinking cute. <laughs> I was so pleased with the way it turned out. And I actually gave it to um, my sister-in-law because I said, look, my niece is not going to care about this at all, but I think you're really going to love it. So she opened it and she was so ecstatic and she ran around showing everybody. It was, it was really cute. Now I have a great niece who's, I think she's turning five. Um, her birthday party is in two or three weeks. And so I think I'll probably do one for her too. Unfortunately, her name is much, much longer and nobody calls her a short version of it. There's no nickname. <laughs> so it's going to take a little bit more. Um, so I've kind of started looking at fabrics for that so that hopefully I don't leave myself until the last minute on that one. Although, you know, I probably will. Uh, so anyway, that was a lot of fun to do that. Um, so that's really kind of where I'm at with everything. I, uh, sorry, I'm going back to my notes here. My goals, again, I don't have anything in the works for this weekend. Stuff could always come up at the last minute, but I don't have anything scheduled. So my goals for this coming week are to get the binding on the yellow quilt. That's the one I really want to finish up this week. Um, finish piecing the top of my three yard quilt, finish piecing units of Storm at Sea, and then so actually get one dilly flower sewn, um, hand sewn. And, you know, that's something it kind of depends on the nature of the Zoom meeting that I'm on. If it's a meeting I'm leading or one that has to do directly with my work life and things I have to do, then I can't do something else. I have to be focused because I'm taking notes or I'm actually leading discussion. But I attend a fair amount of meetings that, well, one, I sometimes do instructional webinars or I, I attend instructional webinars. And so I don't necessarily need to be taking notes or anything. I'm kind of more watching processes for those. Um, and then the second thing is I am sometimes, I'm part of several boards, community boards that I'm not in charge of. Um, and if I get any assignments I might have to write down one or two things, but mostly it's just kind of being there um, and, you know, putting in my two cents, which is always kind of the fun kind of meeting to be at. But anyway, those meetings, I can often be doing some handwork while I'm on them, especially at with Zoom, because nobody sees what my hands are doing. <laughs> so as long as I look up at the uh, camera enough times that they know I'm paying attention, it doesn't really matter what I'm doing on my desk. Uh, so <laughs> that's... That's my secret. I will never tell. If you're ever on a webinar with me and you see me looking down, you do not blow me in. I'm honestly looking at my notebook and taking notes. Uh, so those are my goals for this week. Um, I have gotten a, a small number of comments this week, so I just wanted to um, give a shout out. Thank you to Denise, uh, who called me a bad influence because she ordered a subscription to Sew Sampler today. Um, and she had already gotten the Panasonic Iron Iron. <laughs> Holy crud. <laughs> okay, it's a good thing this isn't a work 
podcast. Um, the Panasonic Iron before hearing my last latest episode, she can't, so she can't blame me for that. And by the way, I've been using it more and more, of course, over the last few weeks, and I love that thing. Love my Panasonic 360 cordless iron. Love it. Um, and then she gave me the link for a, a IKEA hack for a pressing station. Um, she says she made it a Christmas present to herself and loves it. Um, so if you want to go to episode 211 and look for Denise's comment, you'll see the, the link to the pressing station that she posted there. Thank you, Denise. Um, Quirky Quilter, a.k.a. Susan, also uh, said, I believe this was an email. She said, welcome back. And so she's trying to catch up with the few episodes I've posted since I came back. Um, and she said she started a Storm at Sea quilt a few years ago, um, actually seven years ago. She started it. She's paper piecing hers using a book by Wendy Matheson titled A New Light on Storm at Sea Quilts. And she is using red and white fabric. So um, she asks, what method do I use to test my fabric for bleeding? True confessions. I don't. <laughs> I know I should. But in my entire quilting career, I have only had one quilt ever bleed. And that was made with fabrics from Joann's. I hate to say it, but there is a difference between big box stores fabrics and quilt shop fabrics. Even if it's the same designer, it's a, a different level of quality. And that was the quilt. It was one of my very, very, very first quilts, um, a bed quilt for my daughter. And uh, one of the pinks in it bled. Um, fortunately, it didn't bleed a ton. And since it, since my daughter was nine at the time, I knew she didn't really care. So I just didn't let myself stress about it. I will say, um, if I have, part of the reason I've never had any bleeding is because I don't, <laughs> I don't risk it. Um, I, first of all, I do only use uh, quilt shop quality fabrics. If I have a deep red, um, or if I, if reds and purples are the ones that will tend to bleed. If I have them and I'm at all worried about it, um, I won't use them in such a way that bleeding will be noticeable. In other words, I've never done a red and white quilt. Um, I probably should at some point. I love looking at them, but I've never done one. I've also, when I was hand dyeing my own fabrics, I have my hand dyed fabrics. They're still in my stash. I don't mix them in with my f uh, quilt shop quality fabrics because even though I did everything I could to make sure they wouldn't bleed, I don't entirely trust them. So they are only used in art quilts. They're only used in, in quilts that aren't actually going to be washed that much. Um, and, you know, so I, I just don't test it. Now, I do know, I and I guess back in my early years, I did a few times use the glass of water method where basically you just snip off a piece of fabric, put it in a glass of water and see what happens. Um, that's just the easiest way to test for bleeding. Um, but again, I don't actually do it all that often. I'm sorry. I'm not the one to come to for advice about really, really careful quilting <laughs> as we have found. Um, so Susan, I really hope that as you pull your fabric back out of the washing machine, you've discovered that it doesn't, uh, bleed at all. And, um, I will love to see a picture of your storm at sea when you're finished. I can imagine it in red and 
uh, red and white, I think it would be very pretty. I do love the Storm at Sea block, and I've seen a ton of variations that I absolutely love. I'm keeping mine pretty basic. Uh, Kelly Grace just posted, oh, actually on the blog post I put up yesterday, Unexpected Decluttering in Progress, in which I've started to transfer my fabrics to comic book boards. Um, you can see that blog post with the whole saga about why I started doing it and where I'm at now. And Kelly says, I've been trying to do the same thing for years. I've been using foam core cut into sizes about the same size as the comic book boards. Maybe I should just buy some of them. Good luck on the rearranging. Oh, and how are your dilly flowers coming? Well, Kelly Grace, now you know how my dilly flowers are coming. They're basted um, and I still have one piece to cut and then I'll be able to start sewing this week, I swear. Um, and here's a sad trombone moment to follow up on my unexpected decluttering in progress blog post in which I mentioned whether or not doing the fabric this way is going to uh, save space or not. It doesn't. And in fact, as I've now looked at and actually taken some measurements, yes, indeed, I got out my measuring tape and I measured how much space the comic board folded fabric takes up on a shelf versus how much it did take up on the former shelf in stacks and um, looked at available shelf space. Even if I move stuff around, I don't know. I don't know if I will have enough space to put all my fabric into comic book boards on shelves instead of stack the way it is. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to keep doing it because I do love the, the end result. I love the way it looks. Um, the fabric on comic book boards, because, you know, as we know, it looks like a quilt shop. Who doesn't want to live in a quilt shop? Uh, so that's that's nice. It is much easier to quickly look for what fabric may or may not work uh, to audition the fabric. It's easier the way I do my size labeling to know how much fabric is on any given comic book board, or as it used to be folded in a stack, works much better on the comic book boards. I love it. It's just a matter of having to totally rework my shelving system to make space. Um, I did figure out, though, last night also as I was pondering this problem, literally I was just standing in my sewing room staring at shelves for probably a good 10 minutes. <laughs> if anybody had looked at me, they would think I'd gone into um, some sort of spell. But anyway, I was <laughs> staring and looking around. And I thought, you know, there might actually be an easier way if I did get the, uh, again, I'm following up on a conversation I put in my blog post. So if you haven't read the blog post, you might be completely confused. And I don't want to just redo the blog post so you don't have to read the blog post. Um, so here's the end of the story, or at least the, the middle middle of the story. I do think if I went back and tried to redo, uh, to use my wire shelves and went back to the vinyl lining I think I could fairly cheaply figure out the divider system in a way that would work for the fabric. And if I do that, I might actually be able to work out having enough space for the fabric. I might, you know, it could be as I'm going through fabric, one of the very nice things about doing the process of refolding all of your fabric is you have to look at and touch every piece of fabric. And it could be that as I go through this, you know, obviously each piece I'm looking at saying, oh, that's so pretty. Oh, yeah, I really like that one. Um, <laughs> but 
it could be that I will get through this and I'll have some fabric saying, you know, I've had this one on my shelf for freaking ever. It is time to just get rid of it. But I don't see that happening for a lot of them because I have destashed my fabric two or three times over the last 10 years. So I don't have a ton on there that hasn't already made the cut a couple of different times. So that was a very long <laughs> answer, Kelly, to your comment. Um, I really appreciate all of you who have stuck with me through this podcast. <laughs> I'm not a morning person. Can you tell? I've always said I perfectly, I love mornings as long as I don't have to go anywhere, do anything, or talk to anybody. And apparently, as long as I don't try to post a podcast, <laughs> I just, oh, it takes me a while to get my brain working at the same level as my talking organs. So, um, please leave comments on this episode, but be kind. And, and, uh, and you know, this weekend, I hope to post another one because I host, hope to have actually made some uh, progress in some stuff. I may actually start doing some book reviews, uh, quilting book reviews, because, of course, once I got rid of a bunch of books, what do I start doing? I start buying some more. So I've gotten a, a couple of books on English paper piecing. I've gotten two or three books on scrap quilting, uh, scrap patterns and such. Um, so I may start throwing some of those in there. We'll see. Let me know if you'd be interested in that. Tell me anything else you'd like me to talk about. And we'll see. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess that's it for episode two, whatever we are. What are we? Episode two, twelve. Um, this one will surely go down in the classics <laughs> of quilting for the rest of us as probably one of the more painful podcasts to listen to. Um, I'm going to go make myself some more coffee, get myself ready for the rest of my workday in which I do have to sound a little more coherent because, you know, I have to be professional. Um, and, and I will talk to you next time. So until my next episode in which I will do my best to be far more verbal than I have been this time, Go get your quilty on. Oh, I'm sorry. Don't get your quilty on yet. Um, you know where <laughs> you know where you can reach me. You can email me at sandyquilts at gmail.com. Sandy with a Y, quilts with a Z. I'm on Instagram under the same handle. Also on Twitter, but rarely on Twitter. Uh, you can join the Facebook page or like the Facebook page, Quilting for the Rest of Us on Facebook. Or you can go to my website, quiltingfortherestofus.com. And now you can go get your quilty on. Quilting for the Rest of Us is dedicated to Shirley. Love you, Mom. 